For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 080-765-76163. We were talking about um, today, we're going to look at the purpose of prosperity. Why should we prosper? What's the essence of it? Is it just money so we can be more, live in more affluence, have more luxury? Yes, God freely gives us such, all things richly to enjoy, but the purpose of prosperity is world evangelization. We should never forget that. Keeping that in view helps us keep things in the right perspective. And then we also began to talk about um, tithes and offerings and then about giving coming in line with God's laws of giving and receiving, of sowing and reaping. Does it work? It does. It's God's word. It's a biblical principle. Praise God. And when we come in line with it, it works. Now I want to round this off today talking about honoring your pastor. I want to talk about honoring your pastor. Your pastor. The pastoral office. Your pastor. See, God is strong about the local church. Amen. And it's important you honor your pastor. First Timothy chapter 5. I read verses 17 and 18. It says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, this wasn't just talking about older people. By the time it talks about those who labor in the word and doctrine, it's talking about the office of the pastor. Amen. Verse 18, for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verses 12 and 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now when he's talking about to know them that labor among you and are over you, he's talking about your pastor. You see, God places a high premium on that office, on the local church. And you see, one of the keys to financial prosperity is honoring your pastor. Is honoring your pastor. One thing I've noticed, every church that was stingy to their pastor, they didn't get too blessed. Yeah. They didn't have much of the move of the spirit. And even if they seemed to have had it initially, it waned. They weren't financially blessed. They didn't grow. Are you listening? Now, I know that there are people that have taken this to an extreme, right? And I know there are people who will merchandise, who have merchandised the anointing and will try to shave people's heads. Are you listening? That's true that some people, it's true some people have done that. But because some have abused certain things, doesn't mean we shouldn't do the right thing. Now, you see, I'm not talking about giving to me. So it's not me now. I'm talking about your pastor. I'm talking about your church. So I can talk freely about it. 
Your pastor may never say this to you. Are you listening? Because he won't, he won't want to appear to be self-seeking. But I can say it. You understand? It's important you take care of your pastor. Let's look at Romans 13. Romans 13. From verse 7. Or let's even start from 6. For this cause, pay ye tribute also. Talking about taxes. For they are God's ministers. He's talking about governance. The government. Attending continually upon this very thing. Now 7 says, Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. 8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now let's look some more. Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I'll start from verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'll start from verse 7. I'm going to read from 7 to 14. It says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own churches? Who planted a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Who? Who does that? See, that's what he's saying. He's asking these things as questions. Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or seeth not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. Now, doth God take care for oxen, or seeth he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth shall plough in hope, and he that thresheth in hope shall be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. So there were sometimes Paul waived his right to be supported or to take wages from certain assemblies when he saw it could hinder the cause of Christ. Well, verse 13. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? Even so has the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel shall live of the gospel. You see, it's a biblical principle to see to it that the pastor is well taken care of. If, let's say, you're part of the board or you're part of uh, a committee that sees to certain things, you know, don't be stingy to your pastor. It's devilish. Are you hearing me? Every church that I know that takes good care of their pastor, I've noticed that they flourish. I've noticed that spiritually they grow better. I've noticed that materially God prospers them more. You see, God says he will honor those who honor him. One of the ways you honor God is by honoring what he honors. And he said the elders that rule well 
are worthy of double honor. Talking about those who labor in the word and doctrine. See, there's something about the office. Remember there was one time in Acts 23.1, Paul said that I've lived before God with a good conscience up till this day. When he said that, the high priest said, smite that man in the cheek. Paul turned. Paul was the kind of person who, he wouldn't go home to get reply. They didn't give his mouth to the washerman. You know, Paul was that kind of a guy. He looked at the fellow. He said, may God smite you in the cheek. He said, you whited sepulcher. You are asking me to be judged according to the law. And they should smite me contrary to the law. Then somebody now said, revilest thou God's high priest. Now, you see, the person eh, deserved a slap. That's the truth. What Paul said was correct. But the person who said that they should slap him. Paul telling that person too that God too may, may God slap you back. Do you understand? The person was correct. But someone now said to Paul, obviously the high priest wasn't wearing his robe. So Paul didn't know he was a high priest. Someone now said, revilest thou God's high priest. Oh, Paul, now I'm sorry. I didn't know he was the, he's the high priest. For it is written, thou shalt not speak ill. He began to quote scripture again. Trust him. Thou shalt not speak ill of the ruler of thy people. Now, what was Paul exemplifying there? He was honoring the office. Is it true that sometimes people who feel honorable positions do dishonorable things? Yes. Does that give us a right to dishonor them? No. We must honor the office. It's not about the man. It's about the office. And it's about honoring God who puts them there. Are you listening? It's about honoring God. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, I've seen some of these things pushed to an extreme. I've seen ministers demand certain things that uh, it almost was bordering on worship. You know, saw a video one time. They wouldn't let the man, his feet step on the floor. People will lie down, step on me, step on me, step on me. Or, you know, the man of God is passing and we can't look, you know, like the cherubims and seraphims in heaven. No, we can't look at his face. We can't look at his face. You know, we, we must dodge our face. That kind of feels somehow. Don't you think so? So I know some of these things can be pushed to an extreme. True. You understand? True. You know, I've, um, it's good, for instance, after this hour now, I'm trying to leave. And um, people are trying to, so that I can go. That's honor. That's good. But I've also seen some of those things done. Sometimes we've seen some government officials driving. And no car must be on the road. You know, and because you didn't move on time, somebody brought out a gun and was cocking it at you, right? And somebody brought out a whip and was going to use a whip to flog you, right? We've seen those things out in the world. Every time we've seen them, we've felt disgusted, isn't it? You know, and we've heard how some of the convoys in some of these people's entourage have killed people, right? And we're all disgusted about it, you know? So, uh, yes, there should be honor, but we also want to be careful not to take the same thing that irritates us in the world and now practice it in, 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 in church, right? You know, it'll put people off. We don't want that. But yes, there's a place of honoring God's servants. And I'm talking now particularly about the office of the pastor. And I'm talking about your pastor. You understand? When is Christmas, what about giving your pastor a gift? What about finding out your pastor's birthday? his wife's birthday, their wedding anniversary. What about being generous to them? 
Will God be angry? He won't. Will you be blessed for it? You will. You will. You will. You know, what about this Sunday? You know, all the Rema students just decide to be good to their pastors this coming Sunday. You know, pastors are calling. What's happening in that Rema? All these Rema students, they're just being good. Look, it's not about being a Rema student. It's not trying to do any image, anything for Rema. It's about this is what the Bible teaches. It's just the right thing that we should do on a consistent basis. What about sending your pastor? Let's say you are in the... I'm not talking about go and borrow money from the bank at 22% interest because you want to give a gift. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about going to buy something on... going to buy a car on credit and you're owing on it and the dealers are putting pressure on you and they're looking at you being dishonorable because you want to give your pastor a gift then the church gets a bad name. And then the dealer sees the pastor driving off with that car and he says, just look at that, those people. They are horrible people. They are still owing me this money. No, no, no. I'm not talking about what you don't have. Do you get my point? But I'm saying we can do something. Isn't it? Especially for your pastor. It's scriptural. And while I'm on this, there's a flip side to this also. What is the flip side? You see, as a minister, let's look at what God's word says. Does God want preachers to prosper? Yes. Is there a place of um, uh, 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 the preacher has bills to pay too, isn't it? Yeah. The ministry needs to keep running, isn't it? But, you see, one of the fastest and the surest things that can get a minister into disrepute is this issue of money. It's one of the fastest ways you, you can get into disrepute is this issue of money. I know one pastor. The, the ministry started you know, many, many years ago, somewhere in the southwest. When it started, someone wanted to give this man a car, a big car. The man said, look, I know your heart. I know you want to give me this car. I know you are the one giving me, right? And you're giving me because you honor me. You want things to be easier for me as the pastor. He said, but if I take this car, you will know you gave me. I know you are the one who gave me. Most church members won't know. People that work in the office might know because, you know, I will say it. You know, I will even tell them to thank you, you know? But most people won't know. Church members won't know. People on the streets won't know. This church has just started. Now, I'm not opposed to big cars. I like big cars. I like good cars. But if I start driving this car now, especially because I'm doing ministry almost full-time at that time, and there's really, it's not like I have some other business on the side through which the, the, the car could have come. They know that this is what I'm doing. Somebody will come and say that I took church money to buy it. It's not the case. I know it's not the case. God knows it's not the case. But it's not God I'm ministering to. It's people. You never want to do things that make people question your integrity. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says we are to abstain. It doesn't say evil. It says all appearance of evil. Some things are not evil necessarily, but they are an appearance of it. You know, the Bible says to provide for things honest in the sight of all men. That pastor said, I can't take it. At least not now. Maybe in some years to come, when the church has grown, there's a time if I drive this or drive even something bigger, nobody will object. Nobody will think anything of it. People will know that, yeah, the church, someone could have given me there and that's fine. You know, but now, it will be, your good will become evil spoken of about me. The good intention you had will really bring the church to disrepute. I thought about that. I said, that's a smart pastor. 
First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 3. This is a true saying from verse 1. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Talking about the pastor. Now, we don't have anywhere in scripture where we are told the qualifications for the office of apostle. Or qualifications for the prophet. Or qualifications for the evangelist. Or qualifications for the teacher. This is the only one we have. Qualifications for the office of the pastor. Now, if something is required of the pastor, it's required of any other ministry gift. So this is talking about qualifications for the ministry. Now, it says a bishop then, or if you like, a minister then. Bishop actually, in this context, was really a branch pastor. That's what it was in this context. You know, when Paul told Timothy to ordain elders and bishops in every city, you know, in his letter to the Colossians, we talked about that. So it's talking about a pastor, a minister. Then must be blameless, above reproach, that is. The husband of one wife. One translation says, a one-woman man, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Now, I want you to just show this verse 3. Show it in NIV. Then show it in Amplified. Then show it in uh, today's English version. Or, you know, NIV. Not given to drunkenness. Not violent. Not gentle. Not quarrelsome. Notice the last, last part of it. Not a lover of money. Not a lover of money. Bring it up in the Amplified. Yeah. Not given to wine. Not combative. But gentle and considerate. Not quarrelsome, but forbearing and peaceable, and not a lover of money, insatiable for wealth, and ready to obtain it by questionable means. Do you see that? Not a lover of money. Not a lover of money. A minister shouldn't be a lover of money. He shouldn't be insatiable for wealth, or ready to obtain it by questionable means. You see, a minister needs to be above board. Now, talking to uh, church members now, I can tell them, take good care of your pastor. When I go to preach for pastors, I usually, this is one thing, many times I try to weave in, you know, because I know pastors won't say this to their people because they don't want to be self-seeking. A good pastor won't be telling his people, take care of me, even when they are not taking good care of him. But they should for their own good. You see, when your pastor looks good, it makes you look good. Yeah. And then God will bless you for it. But the flip side now, you know, so the first part was talking to church members, take good care of your pastor. Now I'm talking to the pastor. I'm talking to leaders. I'm talking to ministers. I'm talking to us. Amen. Me inclusive, all of us. See, money is something we need to be careful about. There are a few things that can mess a minister up, like this issue of money. There are few things that can bring your motives into question, like this issue of money. And so you want to be totally above board in the way you handle money. You know, the Bible says in Romans 12, 17, that we're to provide for things honest in the sight of all men. We're to provide for things honest in the sight of all men. You know, Brother Higgin talked about the first experience when Jesus appeared to him. You know, the whole vision, September 2, 1950, Rockwall, Texas, you know, uh, he was caught up with the Lord. The Lord showed him the soul winner's crown. Told him that this crown is for anybody who will win the lost. And he prompts people, tells them, share with, 
share your faith with someone they don't do it you know and all that so he told the Lord I'll do that I'll do what you want me to do where that is concerned and then um, they went to heaven you know at the time Jesus showed him hell they got back and then the, the whole vision lasted about one hour thirty minutes towards the end of the vision Jesus gave him a special anointing to minister to the sick and then when he was leaving the Lord called him back he said two things I want to warn you about I want to warn you about he said number one make sure you always give the glory to my name make sure you always give the glory to my name you know sometimes I hear ministers you know or even Christians say that look we're gonna heal the sick in a sense that's correct Jesus said heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead cast out devils so there's a sense in which we heal the sick right but you see I'd rather let Jesus be the one saying I should go and heal the sick and me saying no I'm not the one healing the sick it's Jesus who is doing it through me you see even Jesus you know Jesus never claimed to have done any of those works he never took the credit for any of the works he did he said the father that dwelleth in me doeth the works he said that which I see my father do that I do yeah Jesus can say we should do it but from our side let's know who's the one doing it remember why Moses didn't enter the promised land do you remember you know God told him to speak to the rock he smote the rock not once two times now did water come out plenty so you see the fact that somebody is having results doesn't mean they are living right the fact that signs and wonders are happening doesn't mean they are obeying God the fact that they have a large crowd and there are many miracles doesn't mean they're obeying God now the fact that they have a small crowd doesn't mean they're obeying God either the fact that they don't have miracles doesn't mean they're obeying God either so I'm not speaking against large God large doesn't scare God yeah God loves numbers he has a book in the Bible called numbers so God is not against numbers are you listening so don't hear this now. be telling them all those big big churches and the same thing you're crying inside that you wish your church was big but you know what you are not up on you're down on and what you despise you will never attract so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with big and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with signs and wonders God wants us to have signs and wonders but it's just that he also wants us to live holy with it and he also wants us to obey him with it but I'm just saying those things in and of themselves alone are not necessarily a sign of God's full approval you know Samson was anointed right remember there was a time he went into a harlot and he was coming in from the harlot I don't think he went to preach to her what did he go to do there your guess is as good as mine and when he was coming out they locked the gate I'm not talking about the gate of the house I'm not talking about the gate of the street I'm not talking about the gate of the estate I mean the gate of a city they locked it on him but you know the Holy Ghost will come upon him and he has supernatural strength and you know what Samson he just picked up the gate he didn't just open it he carried it put it on his shoulder and he walked uphill with the gate of the city on his shoulder are you listening see the gifts and calling of God are without repentance sometimes let's say you know this express road uh, I like to speed you know I'm growing older I don't do some things so much again but you know this express road you could go there please don't but I'm just saying if you did you know let's say like 12 midnight when the whole place is is free and then you could you know press your gas to 200 please don't but I'm not saying if you did you know, I'm not saying I once did but I'm not also saying I once did it but I'm just saying if you did <laughs> let's say you press that stuff to 200 right that's moving very fast right 
Yeah. And if you take your leg off that pedal, do you notice that car won't stop immediately? It will still keep going. You know, sometimes, some people, their legs really are off that pedal, but they are still going. You see, because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Now, a time is going to come, of course. If someone persists in wrongdoing, God will judge them. But what I'm just saying is this. Uh, that's a side journey. I'm just saying, Moses, he disobeyed God. But water came out, right? Now, he also said this. He said, you stiff-necked people, must we fetch you water from the rock? I thought it was God who was doing it. Moses now said, must we fetch you water? Now, when you hear God, one of the accounts God gave of why Moses didn't enter the promised land, he said Moses did not sanctify him before the people. You see, it's God who does it. It's God who does it. Yes, let God say, you go and do You know, God told Moses, he said, go forward, divide the Red Sea, right? So God may say, you go and do it. But when you are doing it, tell God, God, I'm not the one doing it. You are the one doing it. You know, yes, we're in partnership. We're laborers together with him. But let's give him the honor. Let's give him the glory. Let's always do that. Let's not take the honor to ourselves. Remember Herod, good oratory voice. You know, they said this is not the voice of a man. It's that of a God. And then the worms ate him. The Bible says because he did not give the glory to God. So we must always give God the glory. It's God who's doing it. So the Lord warned him about that. Make sure you always give the glory to my name. Then he said, there's a second thing I need to warn you about. He said, I need to warn you about money. Lord told him, be careful about money. Many people that have called, placed my anointing on, given a similar ministry. They have become money-minded. And they have lost the ministry and the anointing I gave them. Then the Lord said to him, Thou shalt take no charge for thy ministry. Thou shalt take no charge for thy ministry. Continue to receive offerings as you have been, but don't take any charge for your ministry. Lord told him there will be people who will be willing to give anything just to be healed. And many of them will be healed, but don't charge. Remember Gehazi, Elisha, Naaman? When Naaman tried to pay for his healing, Elisha wouldn't take it. Gehazi wanted to be smart and he inherited Naaman's leprosy right so you see money is something does God want us to have money he does but listen he doesn't want money to have us first Timothy 6 10 says the love of money is the root of all evil you know the Bible doesn't say a man cannot serve God and sex have you seen a scripture like that before it's not there you know the Bible doesn't say a man cannot serve God and pride have you seen a scripture like that I haven't. You know, the Bible doesn't even say a man cannot serve God and self. Have you seen a scripture like that? I haven't. But you know, the Bible does say a man cannot serve God and mammon. The only thing that is put side by side, God and man serving, was mammon. Money. You know, the Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches. See, there's something about money. There's a security that money gives. Hmm? That... It's something, you see, God wants us so blessed that we need to be careful. And God wants our attitude towards money to be right. God doesn't want us to love it. God doesn't want us to be covetous after it. Hebrews 13.5 Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content as, with such things as ye have. For he had said, 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, God doesn't want us covetous. Brother Higgin had um, this friend. He was a healing evangelist. He told him, he said, Doc, you teach good. Why don't you put all these, your teachings, put them in book form and, um, and sell? You'll make a lot of money. Are you listening? He said, 1963, Lord told him about putting his messages in print, you know? He said, after the Lord told him to do that, he had a problem with it. He said, because every time you remember, you write good, you'll make a lot of money. You'll make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money. So he had to ask himself, why am I writing? Am I writing because I want to make a lot of money? Am I writing because God told me to and I want to be a blessing? Or is it because I want to make a lot of money? Now, is it that God doesn't want our needs met? He wants our needs met, but he doesn't want us money-minded. He doesn't want us to merchandise the anointing. He doesn't want us to pray, place a price tag on the anointing. He doesn't want us to treat people, discriminate against people based on their financial status. James 2 says that we shouldn't show favoritism. We should treat everybody alike. Amen. We should honor all men. We should be fair. Praise God. Does God want us to have money? He does. But he doesn't want money to have us. He doesn't want money to have us. You see, let's go to 1 Timothy again. 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. Verse 5. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. It says, from such what? Withdraw thyself. Verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 10. For the love of money is root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Now verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. It says, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So does God want us to enjoy? Sure. Does he want to give richly to us all things certainly but this is it we are not to put our love in riches we are not to put our trust in riches we are to keep our trust in god he's our source he's our source he's el shaddai he's jehovah jireh he's a father god he he, he never runs out are you listening and the bible says but my god shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. says, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. The word of God says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that ye have in all ways, all sufficiency, in all things, may abound unto every good work. Well, maybe you came here today uh, for the taster, and um, you're wondering that, look, I like this kind of teaching. You know, they're not putting emphasis on money. They're putting emphasis on God, on reaching the lost. And 
you want to hear more of such teachings, we have 25 models that are just like this. Amen. And you're sure looking like us already. Amen. Praise God. You want to come? We won't, uh, we won't mind you coming. Praise God. If you're interested, you can just put up your hand. We'll get information, uh, information packed in your hands. Praise God. Uh, and um, you can come in. Our next intake is happening in October. Admission is already um, ongoing. And you want to apply right away because the spaces will soon be filled up. Have a nice night's rest. And don't forget, God is a generous God. And so are we. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.